Hey, welcome to the official podcast of St. Luke Amy Church located in Garland, Texas. I am Pastor Amos St. John. And I am Pastor Jasmine St. John. We are the lead pastors of St. Luke Garland. And we're so excited that you have decided to listen to this podcast. Listen, we pray that the message you are about to hear will bless you right where you are. If you want to know any more information about our church, you can visit us at org. Now, get ready for the word. Hey, church family, I am excited to be with you this morning. Listen, go ahead and grab your Bibles because we are going to dig right into the word of the Lord. I want you to meet me in the book of John, and we're going to start by reading uh, chapter 20, verses 24 through 31 this morning. Come on and read with me as we go forward in the word. Verse 24 says, Now Thomas called the twin. One of the twelve was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas was with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hand here and put it into my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Our sermon topic for this morning is benefit of the doubt. Benefit of the doubt. Let us pray. Oh God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for yet another moment just to say thank you. We thank you for this preached moment, this word that is going to go forth. Now, Lord, as we always ask, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. It's in your name that I pray that the whole church say, amen. The benefit of the doubt. In this day and age, it is really hard to believe anything that you read or see at first glance. We live in an age where we have gone from just sharing what we are doing on social media to staging representations of what we want people to think we're doing or who we want people to believe that we are. Ah, from our own personal experiences to reading news stories, there have been instances uh, where throughout the Internet and spread all over social media, evidence of intentional false narratives. 
these stories that are inundated with in order to cast doubt on what it is that we are reading and seeing, especially under the last administration. The usage of fake news was utilized so often and intentionally so that we could not trust any source of information that we saw. It's come to a place uh, where there are times where we don't know what to believe or who to believe. It's a day and age where even in the midst of this pandemic, we can receive contradictory reports about the facts of what the virus actually is or does or the symptoms that it may hold. One incident alone can be followed with several days of releasing more and more information and rushed information and a diatribe of analysis from every person who may have a social media account Ah, each day. We wait with bated breath to see what new statistic will be released or which new executive order will be signed or how it will impact us this week. We wait to see who's going to receive a stimulus check. We wait to hear news about our loved ones that we can't go see. We wait to know when we get when we can get close to one another and hug one another and go back to socializing and spending time with people that we care for and love. We wait to see when there will be a shift in the tide and the veil of uncertainty can be lifted. We wait and we receive daily reports as to whether or not we can return to some backup, some port of normalcy. Ah, We wait so that we can see uh, if these businesses are going to open up and if we can connect with the owners and the persons that patronize these businesses or are we going to continue to pick up our food on the curbside. We wait as major sports organizations are beginning their seasons with no fans in the stands and stadiums and no persons in them to cheer them on. We wait as the whole world has begun to change around us and we are forced to adjust to these swift changes. And yet here we are in an age where technology can help us become closer. And yet with its increase in usage, we have become technology fatigued. As a result, our anxiety is increasingly up as schools continue to remain closed throughout portions of this school year. Our work performance continues to be regulated through conference calls and video meetings. Our children are grieving the extracurricular activities that they used to be able to participate to. And the class of 2020 uh, has blamed the lack of sports scholarships on the fact that they had no season to play in. Parents are grieving the once balanced responsibilities that they used to have before coronavirus took the world by storm. More and more people are crying out that something has to change. Something has to give. As we had to literally watch a trial go on for weeks, the murder that was committed on camera and was shown around the world. It was a trial of Did you really see what you thought you saw? We're stuck between the tension of belief versus unbelief. If every day we are inundated with moments that we that make us say, I can't believe what I'm seeing, then it's reasonable to understand that the belief in Jesus being the risen savior is something that we might have to renew in our own lives also daily. It is a common human response to doubt 
what is being presented before us that there, until there is sufficient evidence to convince us otherwise. Even sufficient evidence is subjective. What it takes for you to believe something may not take uh, the same for me to believe that it's true. To doubt means to lack confidence or to consider something unlikely. Doubt can be a springboard to life that causes no one to question the status quo. It can cause you to look at present realities and cause you to question the present state of realities and begin to initiate progress for others. Doubt can be a hindrance, a roadblock, and sometimes becomes an obstacle that you have to overcome. It's doubt. Doubt is a humanistic expression of uncertainty and a lack of conviction. There's fear that comes in with doubt. There is an unsettling of the mind, will and emotions concerning that which we are doubting. It is a state of mind that rests in between or suspended between two or more contradictory propositions where we can't seem to decide one way or another if it is, in fact, true. Simply put, doubt is the indecision between belief and disbelief. Doubt can result in delaying or rejecting relevant timely action out of concern for making the wrong decision and can lead to missed opportunities. And if we are not careful, if we do not push past our doubts and lean towards believing the unseen, we will allow doubt to destroy the very blessings that God has for us. And as much as we want to hold on to his word, that he would die and rise again in three days and never waver from the faith in that God knew that he would have to remind us just like he did the disciples, just like they had to be reminded the fact that he indeed rose in three days and he was able to prove that he had risen just as he said. We may not be able to believe every news story that is written about every breaking news report. Ah, They may have to convince us that what we have seen with our own eyes is fake news. But one thing that we can be absolutely sure of is that the story of Jesus Christ dying for our sins is not fake news. That him raising from the dead is not fake news. Ah, We would like to believe that even after the very first celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, that there were no doubters that Christ had fulfilled the scriptures just as he said. But the reality is that even those who walked with him, those whom he prophesied to directly, that he would be fulfilling the scriptures and raised on that third day, did not believe immediately and found themselves in that familiar space sandwiched between unbelief and belief. How do we know? Because if the disciples truly believed what he said would occur, they would have been the first ones at the tomb early that Sunday morning awaiting his resurrection. When instead it was the women who came to the tomb, And even they came to anoint his body and continue the burial rituals in a time 
believing that his body was still laying there in that tomb. There are several accounts of what happened after the resurrection of Jesus in the synoptic gospels. But for today's emphasis, our word here comes from the gospel according to John, where we find the story of the infamous doubter Thomas. The gospel of John was written just as John stated himself to show that Jesus of Nazareth was Christ, the son of God, and that those that believe in him shall have eternal life. But what it doesn't tell us is how fickle belief can honestly be. It is the only uh, it's only within the written book of John that we find the story of Thomas. And it is here that in reading this passage of scripture that I realize that many of us are just like Thomas. We're going through some Thomas like experiences here in the 20th chapter of John. He records for us the detailed moments that surrounded the very specific instance of doubt after the resurrection of Jesus. You see, here we find the disciples in a locked room where they have assembled, thinking that the Jews were out to kill them just like they had killed Jesus. Ah, they were disciples of Christ. They heard his teachings. They heard him say that he was the Messiah and would raise from the dead within three days. And yet three days later, they were in that locked room in hiding. Ah, But through the locked doors, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, peace to you. Though they were shut in and not able to leave, Jesus came and stood in their midst. Though uh, they restricted their movements with their own stay at home order, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said, peace to you. They were not at the tomb waiting for his resurrection, but they did receive the message from the women that said, go to Galilee and wait for him there. It confirmed the word of Jesus that went forth to his disciples, that if they went before him, he would meet them there. Jesus appeared before them. He showed him his hands where the nails were driven to pin his hands to the cross as he bore our grief and carried our sorrows. He showed them his side where he was pierced for our transgressions and bruised for our sinful behavior. And here he was with his scars of rejection and from the crucifixion saying, peace to you. When he said this, they were overjoyed that the Lord was indeed with them. However, One of the disciples, Thomas, was not there the day that the Lord had come to be with them. We're not told why Thomas was not there, but certainly he missed a moment in time for our own benefit and perhaps for our own belief. So naturally, the disciples, with their own excitement, tried to tell Thomas what they had experienced. And Thomas responds to their testimony saying, unless I see his hands and put my finger in the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I do not believe. Some believe that this was Thomas doubting that the Lord had resurrected. However, this was Thomas simply not giving the other disciples 
the benefit of the doubt. Thomas said, unless I see him for myself, I can't believe that he has come and has done this for you. How oh, we aren't unlike Thomas, where when we see someone else get blessed, unless we see it for ourselves, unless God does it for us, unless God blesses me when I request it, unless I also receive the promotion, unless I get it the same way as you received it, unless I get the unexpected increase, unless I see him show up for me the way that he's shown up for you, I will not believe you. I won't believe the report that he is able. I won't believe the report that he is making a way out of no way. I won't believe that this will all turn around for my good. I won't believe that he's really going to use me. Yes, me. I I won't believe that I'm going to do anything that's going to impact his kingdom just because you told me to. I won't believe that he's going to make a way out of no way because my way is too hard. I won't believe that he's a healer. I I won't believe unless I see it for myself. You can't tell me how good God is. I I have to see it for myself. Bible says that after eight days, Jesus showed up just as he did the last time. But this time Thomas was present. Can you imagine what it would have felt like during those eight days that Thomas uh, had passed? And not seeing Jesus. Could you imagine wrestling with the news that Christ had appeared before Mary Magdalene and that he appeared to other disciples and that you may have missed out just because you weren't there? Could you imagine the angst that Thomas must have felt between when he first heard that Jesus had been there to when he showed up eight days later and there Jesus stood among them and he says, come here, Thomas, reach your finger here and look at my hands. Come here, Thomas, reach your hand here and put it in my side. And Jesus says to Thomas, do not be faithless any longer. Believe. In that moment, Thomas exclaimed, my Lord and my God. Wasn't that Jesus showed up because of his faith? If it had not been for Thomas, we would not see someone who struggles with reconciling that the Savior did, in fact, come to save us, to revive us and to give us eternal life. Thomas received the evidence that he needed to chase his doubt away and turn it into belief. His faith was developed, but it did not come without some doubts. And as a result of Thomas's doubt, Christ tells him. The writer informs us that Thomas's belief is because he was physically and has physically seen Jesus. But the scripture also says that Jesus says, blessed are those who believe without seeing him. Now we as believers and readers of this word, we have received the benefit of Thomas's doubt You see, had it not been for the doubt, Christ would never have been revealed as both Lord and God. And each time that Thomas is mentioned in the Bible, his position between his belief and unbelief, 
allows Jesus to unpack and illuminate more of who he is. And had it not been for the doubt, we would not have received the blessing that comes with blind faith. We would not have been able to receive the blessing that comes in trusting his word and not seeing it. He has proven himself time and time again. He has shown up time and time again. And we don't have to keep challenging Christ to show up this time. We don't have to say and set up a gotcha moment. Where we say to ourselves, Jesus, I know that you delivered me last time, but if you do it this time, I will still believe. Jesus is saying to us that you must believe even when you cannot see him. We must suspend the mindset that believing in Christ will not meet us right where we are in the time of need if we don't believe what we do not see. Ah, and I believe that John knew that there would be someone like you and someone like me who could benefit from reading the story of Thomas, who would need to see that there is indeed a benefit to his doubt. There would be someone who would need to read the story of Jesus that would not be able to grasp the reality of the moment that Jesus had indeed risen, that he is still working miracles today, that he is still making a way out of no way. And John wrote that story of Thomas for us for such a time as this to remind us that there is a blessing even when we cannot see him for ourselves. He wanted us to receive the benefits of Thomas's doubt for John 20 verses 30 through 31. Let us know that the disciples saw Jesus do many other miraculous signs in addition to the ones that were recorded in this book. But these, these specific signs of Jesus showing up are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. When you have doubts, when you find yourself stuck between belief and unbelief, just like Thomas, when you find yourself placing a mandate on God, saying, I will not believe unless I see it for myself, remember the benefit of the doubt that blessed are those who believe without seeing me. Remember, Jesus is still in the blessing business. He still has peace for you. He is still a mind regulator and things may seem off kilter right now. Ah, But after this, when we come out of this on the other side, God told me to tell you this morning, uh, there, there may be some days that you doubt him and there may be some moments where your faith may waver, but do not give up. Do not lose hope in this season. Hold on to the fact that Christ indeed does what he said he will do. He will meet you right where you are. And even if you find yourself slipping into moments of doubt, remember The benefit of the doubt is that you still believe even when you do not see him. Let the blessed people of God say, 
Amen. Come on and put your hands together for the word of the Lord that went forth this morning. You may be watching this morning. You may have joined us during this Sunday morning worship experience. And you don't know about this Jesus that I just preached about. You don't know about the fact that Jesus did and die, did indeed die for us and was resurrected. Come on, I'm offering you the invitation to accept Christ into your life this morning. If that is in fact you, here's how you can receive Christ today. All you need to do is say this prayer with me. Come on, let's pray together, church family. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner and I am sorry. Come into my heart. Clean me up, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. I believe that you were born. I believe that you died. And I believe that you rose and are coming back again one day soon. Whenever anyone asks if I am saved, I'll be able to say without a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I am saved. I am saved. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning, I encourage you to let us know in the comments. Yes, even if you happen to be passing by, but you receive the spirit of the Lord this morning, I want you to let us know in the comments or send us an email at info at stlukegarland.org. Or perhaps you have been worshiping with us and you've decided that you want St. Luke Garland to be your church home. We wanna hear from you as well. So go ahead and let us know in the comments wherever you're watching or send us an email at info at stlukegarland.org and we'll be able to respond to you and walk this journey out with you. Well, I'm so excited that we have been together this morning. Let this word marinate in your heart for the rest of the week and share this message wherever you go. There is the benefit of the doubt. Hey, family, we pray that this word has encouraged and inspired you. And right where you are, go ahead and subscribe to this podcast so that you can listen to the word of God each and every single week. If you want to know more information about St. Luke Garland or if you want to sew, please visit our website at stlukegarland.org. We'll see you next week.